we're in exciting times, and uh, definitely a highlight of this year, as Francois was putting in the announcement, is that we want to just, we want to worship more. <laughs> we want to pray more. It's on the hearts of everybody. Uh, there's a recent uh, uh, Ignite conference that took place about a week. I lost track of time. I think it was last weekend. Uh, go and look for it online. It's, it'll, it'll be good. Uh, Mervis and a couple of the guys is really feeling coming to the new year that there's just really going to be a heart for more worship. Uh, it's going to be a heart just for, to be a praying people as well. So, so tonight I wanted, like, sometimes we, we settle on the good. We can have a, a good marriage, good worship, finances are good, job's good. And uh, yeah, we, we've, we have good, a good a lot of things that are good. But I want to say, what is it going to take to make it great? So if we go from good to great in our context, in our lives, uh, just in terms of our relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus, just in terms of the way we love one another, uh, in terms of the way we do church together. And uh, us in the secular world, Churchill said, just need a few good men and we can win the war. But uh, yes, it's partly true. It does help to have 100 committed men. Uh, there may be a 500 mediocre men. But I want to say for us as a body, uh, we need to be firing on all cylinders and filled up with the Holy Spirit to overflowing in order for our body to actually operate at maximum efficiency. So we need, we need all of you. We don't need just a few good men to become great. We don't need just half of you. We need everybody uh, to be in and to be making it great. And uh, there's a scripture where I'm allowed to actually remind you and urge you and just uh, go back to some of the values that is actually make the church strong and New Testament and Jostian church. I suppose I better start this time, huh? otherwise we wouldn't be in trouble. Um, and also just for you and your personal lives as well, where you can actually just make your life better. You can make your uh, prayer times great. You can make your worship great as well. So the scriptures in 2 Peter 1 verse 12 to 15 and it should be on the board, it says, Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it is right as long as I'm in this body to stir you up by way of a reminder. What was he referring to just prior to this, these particular verses? He was referring to uh, values like faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. And we're going to touch on quite a few of those. Uh, they're in the preach tonight. And as, as we've just been coming through the last few weeks, we've had uh, Jeff here last week just moving in the spirit. Uh, the week before, I, I wasn't here, I was on holiday, but I know that uh, there was just a wonderful time in the spirit. So we're having a worship evening on Wednesday. Prayer, don't miss it. Be there. These are times which we can ill afford to miss. These on. I'm going to get the video. I'm going to go and have a look online. And uh, oh, we need to be. We need to be in. We need to be here for our benefit uh, and for the church's benefit as well. So I want to revisit and remind you tonight of some of the values that are important in building a new, healthy New Testament church, as well as uh, things that are going to be beneficial for us both as individuals and corporately. We often refer to the ABCs that we, uh, if you've been here long and in six months, you would have heard from the front, the ABCs, being abide and belong and contribute. We're not going to be going through them in detail tonight, but we are going to concentrate a little bit of time on the abiding part, and then I'm going to quickly uh, move through the other few points, and you can just literally take down the headline or one point that actually stands out to you. So often what happens in preachers, you sit here for half an hour, Actually, somebody's probably going to ask you two hours later, what did they preach on? And you're going to like, I don't know. 
And then by tomorrow, you might only know 10% of it. And by Wednesday, you probably can't even recollect what we've done. So, so when you're taking notes, and it's a good idea, just jot down one or two or three points that stick out to you. Don't remember the whole nine. If you can, great. Write them down. But hey, I need it just there. Or that's the part that actually stuck, uh, stood out to me. And just rather just grab all of those two and then take that home with you. Then you at least got something to hold on to as well. So there's nine values for us to embrace, and uh, the first two I'm going to go through in more detail. The other seven, I'm going I'm to whiz through them. And the first one is having a desire for more of God. And we've spoken about that in depth. It's abiding in Jesus. Uh, the scripture keeps coming up. We use it in foundations on Monday night. It came up, somebody brought it tonight as well, John 15, abiding in the vine. So we're just going to read that, and then I'm just going to pull out a couple highlights from that as we move on. So that's John 15, verses 1 to 8. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch that withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So pulling out a couple of highlights from that, just going through it. So first of all, he removes the branches from our lives that don't bear fruit. And we've all got the little branches in our lives that actually need to be cut off because it's not actually bearing fruit. Secondly, he actually prunes the branches that are bearing fruit. Why? If anybody's an apple farmer or a grape, I don't think you have grape farmers. I don't know what they're called. But uh, you'll know that you need a prune tree so that they can actually grow into greater fruitfulness. And it's the same for our lives. So if we are bearing fruit, the chances are he's actually going to prune you so that you're going to have a greater harvest and bear more fruit. We obviously seen from that passage of Scripture that the branch cannot bear fruit unless it is connected into the vine. And that's actually a very important part of the abiding, is that we are connected to the source, that we're connected to the vine, where we get all the nutrients, where we get all the sustenance, and we actually get a life from. So we need to be connected into the vine. And then the interesting thing is, apart from Him, we can do nothing. Now, that mean, doesn't mean nothing as in I can't drive my car or can't eat or whatever. It actually means nothing of eternal value. So we don't actually do anything that is worthwhile in the kingdom unless we are grafted into the vine, unless we are connected to him. And then he says, um, if you are in him, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We'll look at prayer just now. But this is when you desire what he desires and when you are close to Jesus then you, and they have those desires, then you can pray with confidence and ask in line with his will, and he will actually give that to you as well. And then he says, by this your Father is glorified if you bear much fruit. So what is our intention? We want to bear lots of fruit so that we can actually glorify him. We did sing about that earlier on, to glorify God. So we must be fruitful to glorify him, and to do this we must be connected to the source. So we need to spend more time in his presence, understanding first of all who he is and who we are actually in him as well. And then the other thing we've spoken about earlier in the year, we need to be able to feed our souls. That's the inner, inner part of us. And I'm going to read a scripture shortly uh, where we actually where we make all our 
where our emotions come from, our feelings, our decisions are made from. We need to look after that. We need to make sure that fresh living water is actually going into us so that we are going to be a a spring that overflows and and brings life. So it says in Proverbs 4.23, it won't be up there. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the wellsprings of life. So we need to expose ourselves to continued truth and just and learn about the character of God. So sometimes we settle. This is the pure water we want to actually take in, but sometimes we settle for other water. Maybe it's salty water. Maybe it will give you a temporary relief of your thirst, but it doesn't take long for you to be even more thirsty than if you had not consumed it. So sometimes we don't go to the source. We don't go to Jesus. We actually try and get our... Um, water or our life from somebody else, and, uh, and that's not actually going to survive for very long. Is this thing fading? Is it on? Is it fine? Okay. Um, and then Romans 12, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This world around us has gone crazy. We're no longer living in 30 years ago, um, Jewish type of upbringing, or just that type of culture, and going to Sunday school, and going to church, and uh, sheltered homes, we're living in a world that's very different at the moment, and it's lures, uh, and it's uh, things that it wants to attract uh, us to are, are, quite, are quite evident at the moment. Uh, so we often compromise and end up with self-worship, power, control. There's lots of agendas out there in terms of control and power. So we need to create quiet spaces. We need to take the time out to find rest times where we can rejuvenate and listen to the voice of God. So if I had to, if I had to ask you, um, just how much time are you actually spending, uh, call it quiet time for want of a better word, uh, how much time are you spending in the presence of the Lord, either reading the word uh, or actually just asking him to, to speak to you, and at the same time, we brought it up earlier, that you can pray to the Lord and you can actually just tell him, I think Stefan said, just tell him what's on your heart, communicate in your language, just tell him, ask him about your business, ask him about your marriage, it doesn't, it's not a selfish request, it's actually, we're just communicating with the Lord. So we need to Take time off. Um, I've just been, Stephen passed on a fantastic book to me. I've been reading about the Sabbath and the day off and the importance of that. We're not going to be preaching that tonight. But it actually was given for our benefit. It says in Mark 2 verse 7, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So we actually need, call it a day, call it a few hours, whatever you've got time for. But we actually need to be spending time uh, with the Lord. In Isaiah 55, we're not going to uh, read there, but we, we learn all about coming all who are thirsty and eat the food that is good for you, food that does not cost money, food you don't have to buy, but it's available for you to actually consume. And in John 7, verse 37 to 38, it says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So the invitation is to come and drink. It's to enter into a personal relationship, an intimate relationship, and spending time uh, in friendship and developing that relationship with Him so that we can actually get to know one another. It's not intellectual, but personal and intimate in nature. So what's very interesting, it says we must be full of Jesus and have rivers of living water where others can come drink and overflow. It's often, it's a welling up, it's an overflowing. It fascinates me that, that there must be an overflow. It almost talks about an overflow so that others can actually come and drink from your well as well. So we need to make sure that we are actually taking on surplus, that we don't end up in a deficit ourselves. Then the second point, in line with the first point in abiding in Christ, is we need discipline. So it's likened to uh, running a marathon. It's not a sprint. This, this Christian walk 
is a marathon, and we actually need, hand in hand with desiring more of God, we actually need self-control and discipline on the journey. So we can, be, we can be, at times we can be a little bit lazy, maybe we're not pushing to the Lord ourselves, asking the Lord for answers, praying to the Lord, maybe you're running to somebody else and say, help me, please solve my problem, and, and next week again, solve my problem. But we need to actually be contending with the Spirit. We need to be spending time in the Lord Jesus, asking Him, what is it that you have for me? And just praying and laying, laying it at His feet as well. Yonki Chao. He said, uh, when people used to keep coming to him, say, please help me, tell me what to do, he used to send them away for seven days. He always said it was going to be his pre-mountain. He said, go away for seven days, come back, and then tell me what the Lord is actually saying to you, and then we can actually talk about it. So we need to build up our spiritual stamina. We mustn't get burnt out, disillusioned, and uh, we need to make sure that we take on enough fuel in our tanks. We're actually spending time with Jesus, connected to the vine, abiding in Him and listening to His voice as well so that we have enough fuel for the journey because it's a marathon and not a sprint. So when we build up and tone our spiritual muscles, we actually do need, as a starting point, something in the tank so that we are going to make it to the end of the marathon. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to 27, just to show you what we've been chatting about. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So we can actually see that it does require some discipline. It does require some self-control. And we need to come and allocate and spend time with Jesus abiding in him. And it is going to require discipline. We can quickly find ourselves two, four, four days down the line, a week down the line, and how much time have you spent with the Lord? How much time have you read the Word? I'm getting to it, but I just I need to put that discipline in so that I can actually benefit. So what are the things needed to compete in a, in a race or a marathon? Firstly, in this Christian marathon that we're on, reading the Word, we must learn the Word of God and commit it to our hearts and our minds so that we actually allow the theology that we've read to uh, determine our destiny and that we're not, and our whole life is based on Scripture, so that we know when we've got our destiny that we have the theology to back that up as well. And then spending intimate time that we said earlier before with Him in prayer and worship. And we've spoken about the Ignite. You can go and have a look at that. We've got wonderful opportunities to come and worship the Lord on Sundays, on this coming Wednesday. Take the opportunities when you can, because sometimes it's a little bit more difficult at home. Yes, we, we can actually play Christian music, we can worship, we can worship in our cars, we worship at home, but here's a wonderful place where we can come together corporately and worship Him, so don't, don't miss out on those opportunities. And then prayer is critical as well. We, we pray both privately in our quiet times, and we also pray publicly, and sometimes we go to scheduled prayer meetings, other times it's a spontaneous prayer as we're going through our daily walk with the Lord Jesus as well. We, we should be praying before we make the decisions, before we make life-changing decisions. We also pray when we're, when we're up against it, when we're in the thick of things, when the Lord's will is actually just a little bit painful at times, or we're actually trying to do, uh, just get our faith to become real in Him. Then we're also praying through those tough times. And we also pray prayers of thankfulness when the Lord has brought us through tough times and the Lord has actually taken us on a journey. Uh, and we can praise Him and, and just praise to God that, for that. So Scripture is the primary way that God speaks to us 
He speaks a lot through Scripture, and then prayer is the way that we actually speak to God. So prayer is how we come face to face with God. It's important, and prayer is not this weird thing, and sometimes we just say, well, we need to pray. It's actually conversation. It's building friendship and relationship. It's intimate times uh, with, with our Father. And I'd like to say, he does, he does not need our prayers. We need our prayers. We need to be conversing with Him. We need to be praying. We need to be talking to Him and building relationship. And pray your mind. Pray whatever's on your mind. If it's your business that's worrying you, if it's your marriage that's worrying you, if it's your finance that's worrying you, we allow to pray those things. It's a real intimate relationship. Talk about what's burdening you. And uh, it says in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 6, Do not be anxious. Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God beyond understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And then thirdly, we need accountability. It's actually, if we want to get fit for a marathon or we're gymming, it's very helpful to have a gym partner or a running buddy because we know that it's a lot easier to go with somebody than to walk this thing on our own. And it's also the same in our Christian walk. And I, and I want to just stress as well that uh, having godly friends or having a few devoted friends is such an asset to have. It's important who we hang out with. And uh, just, yeah, just for you young people as well, just there's a scripture, I think it's in Proverbs, Bad company corrupts good. So just be, just be careful who you hang out with because it's not the other way around often. It's not good company changes bad. Unfortunately, it's proven that bad company actually corrupts good. So in the times that we live in today, it's good to have some people walking alongside us, some allies, some friends, and those people that you walk in accountable life. And then faith. Look back to test me. So what has the Lord done in your life? And also look forward to your destiny and claim your inheritance. It's only when your faith gets tested does it actually become real. And then we need to rest. We need to recharge. And as I mentioned, we won't speak about it in detail today, but that, that Sabbath rest was set aside so that we can actually fill up our tanks. And that's our spiritual tanks, our mental tanks, our emotional tanks, uh, and our emotional tanks, which is very, very important. Hmm? Physical, mental, uh, emotional, and spiritual. So 1 Timothy 6 verse 17, it says, God has richly given all things to enjoy. Take, take some time just to appreciate that it is good to be alive, that it is good, that he's a good father. Life is good, even when life is sometimes a bit tough. And ask the Holy Spirit to show you ways where you can actually recharge and just make sure that you actually don't run on low. You must find time to connect with God and talk to him and bring your request to him. So then just whizzing through the other few, that, that, that's the importance of abiding, connecting, and spending time in the Lord's presence so that our tanks will be full, and that actually helps us as individuals because we get, get to a better place in Him and also helps us collectively or corporately so that when you come, you actually come as a body and we can actually offer something from overflow. So we all know the Scripture in 1, 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. We're not going to read it. It's the parts of the body uh, all coming together. We have unique giftings. And whether you're an eye or an ear or an arm or leg, you, you are needed. And uh, so I think we have a responsibility uh, when we come together collectively to come from a place of overflow, to come from a place where you've been with Jesus in the week. You coming and the Lord will speak to you, whether it's prophetically or whether it's uh, loving on somebody or whether it's just an encouraging word. But he, you come from a position of overflow. We come full and ready to give. And we all are needed for this body to actually move forward. The fourth one is love sacrificially. And in 1 John 4 verse 11, it says, if God so loves us, we ought to love one another. 
So it's not just loving those that are easy to love. Sometimes it's lacquer to hang with our Mikeys. Sometimes there really are people that we want to be with. But sometimes just look around. And sometimes when you're not even in the church, when you're in the workplace, when you're at school, uh, we, even when you are here, sometimes there's lonely people amongst us. Sometimes we're all having fun with our Mikeys and, uh, and, and it's lacquer to care together. But sometimes just look out and just love sacrificially and look out for those who actually need some love as well. And what you do for the least of these, Jesus said you do for me. So whether it's a cup of water, whether it's a smile, whether it's just a word of encouragement, uh, you're actually doing it unto the Lord as well. And we love because he first loved us. That's in verse 19 of 1 John 4. Number five, we do life together. And that value, I think, uh, we can actually flex and tone our muscles a little bit um, I know we have Wednesday meetings, and it's great. I know we have Sunday meetings, and we come and get recharged here, and we worship together, and we see people, and we get warm encouragement. But there's more to it than that, and that's actually meeting in our homes and breaking bread, crying, watching rugby, whatever you watch. Um, And it's just Formula One. Uh, Is it finished? Who won it? Shall I look quickly? Am I? Do you want to know? Yes. Excitement Formula One. (laughs) Uh, let's go back into worship. <laughs> yeah, watching. Uh, is that why the softens out? <laughs> Not taking notes. We're like, uh, what, what lap are we on now? Okay, anybody know? Okay. Just. Oh, okay. All right. They're, they're having a pit stop. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's breaking bread, having meals, watching rugby. Uh, this, is, this is where we see how we live. This is how uh, we together, warts and all, we actually expose to one another. Sometimes it's easier so there's no misunderstanding and there's no history between you um, so that you actually can get to know. Sometimes it's a bit scary inviting people into your home, but we can't just rely on the Wednesday and Sunday church. We actually need to be inviting those people in your community and others uh, into your home. Hey, hey, man, why don't you come have a meal? You're not, yeah, you're not. I won't, I won't say, you're not my type, but <laughs> you're different. I'm a little bit fearful, but it's going to be cool. and It's going to be fun. So sometimes young people get invited into the uh, families or invite a family even, and uh, that'll be quite scary. Then you've got to cook and you've got to provide. So rather do uh, Francois' theory and just go to dad-in-law and, and all the rest. Um, how much do you owe now? <laughs> Sold your car for a ring and ate the dad-in-law's house. Sometimes it just removes any preconceived ideas when we're just hanging together in our homes and having, having a meal and just being normal. And, uh, and then you can actually bring people into that environment as well because it's less threatening and that's the way just to bring people uh, into the church environment as well. Invite the elders. Yeah. Who, who cooks nicely here? <laughs> Johnny made nice food. Other. Zion. I haven't been to your house yet. But I've tasted your brownies. They're epic. Better than Lisa's brownie. No, Lisa's not here, so it's fine. <laughs> They're very close. They're very close. There's rivalry in that comp. Who makes the best brownies? Uh, competition's out there, guys. So, you had an interesting question, and we've done it before, about 15 years ago in Josh Jean. What happens if we had to shut all the communities down? And it was, hey, man, we're not having community for a month or three, uh, and then we, we need to connect in each other's homes, invite people around. I don't know. I'm... It's a rhetorical question. Uh, we, we're tempted to do it. Hey, Caitlin. 
And, uh, but what, what would it look like if we, if we didn't have communities and, and we didn't have church? I mean, we, nearly, we didn't have church for a while during COVID, uh, but are we inviting people into our homes and are we just uh, at that level? And then number six is be a shining light to the lost and broken. And uh, evangelism, community service, and uh, yeah, even Wade has been working to choir with Dougie from the AM congregation and just, just wonderful to go into unfamiliar territory, maybe not as comfortable and just working and evangelizing, seeing salvations, baptisms, and, and that, that is really, really awesome. Just serving the community. And in Matthew 5, verse 14, it says, do not hide your light on a bushel, place it on a lampstand so that it can shine light for everyone. And then in Hebrews 13, verse 2, it says, do not neglect hospitality. You could be entertaining angels. So if you invite Stefan, it could be an angel. Yeah. Crocs on a beard, funny, look, funny looking angel. The, what, what is that? What is it? Oh, no, that was before most of you were born. There was this, uh, some, were touched by an angel. There was a, some weird <laughs> program. This angel used to appear. Didn't look anything like Stefan, but, uh, but dressed in white, glowing. But uh, Stefan does glow as well. So let's bring, the, let's bring the lost and lonely into our environment. Let's bring them into non-threatening environments so that we, they can actually see that Christians are fun, that we're cool, some are cooler than others, uh, but uh, that we are a good bunch and less threatening conditions. So sometimes we need to stop navel-gazing ourselves. Sometimes we have our own problems, and sometimes we get so caught on worry about our problems that we just get stuck in our problems. And if we actually just open ourselves up and just go and live a little bit, and just expose people and uh, present your problems to others in a nice way. And uh, hear what everybody else is going through as well. Sometimes it changes the focus of your own situation as well. So take, take responsibility number seven, and we're nearly done, um, for stewarding of your lives. So whether it's your marriage, your home, your kids. Jared, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just writing my line of vision here. Kids, money, time. So something, <laughs> it's a private joke, it's fine. <laughs> you want to come share? No, I'm joking. Um, examine our lives and our situation and get help if you need it. If, if your marriage needs help, get help. If your finances need help, get help. Uh, if your kids need help, get help urgently. And uh, <laughs> so that we can actually become strong and that we can actually help others in turn. And our marriages and our kids, um, you can go and read Ephesians 5 or 1 Peter if you're married. Just go and have another look at that and just uh, weigh yourself up with your marriage. And, uh, and if you do desire leadership, and that's a good thing, it's a noble thing to desire leadership, then get your household in order. Make sure your marriage is good, your finances is good. We need you. Somebody asked a couple of weeks ago, do we actually need more leaders? Do we need more deacons? Do we need more calm leaders? The answer is yes. We are, we are definitely needing more leaders calm leaders, deacons, elders, um, as we go forward. So desire it. It's uh, Come and walk with us and come and show your finances. Come and chat about your marriage. Come and chat about your kids if you need to. But let's, let's walk together because we actually do need you. Okay, last, last two. Uh, number eight, Hebrews 13 verse 7. We know as obey your leaders and make it a joy. So respect the counsel of those who God has placed uh, to look after you. So consider the outcome of their life. Look at their life, and if it's worth imitating, imitate them and make it a joy for them to actually look after you as well. If you need help with your marriage, kids, finances, go to those who have a proven track record as well. 
If you're struggling with finances, don't go to somebody else who's struggling with their finances. Not good. If you've got a relationship problem, don't go to somebody else who's also got relationship problems. Not going to work out so pretty. Okay, so rather look around. If you're struggling in those areas, pick somebody and find somebody that is actually going to help you on this journey as well so that we can all become stronger for it. And lastly, and that, uh, so that in line with accountability brings much fruit, joy, and peace. So let's be accountable with our lives. Let's walk together and just, uh, yeah, just bring the weak spots out into the open and bring it into the light as well. And the last one, don't be tossed around, number nine, by the storms of life and human cunning and strange teachings, but let's try and move to maturity in Christ. There is so much floating around out there between gay, lesbian, black lives of matter, feminism, role of women in church, raising kids, uh, control, the way government does things. There's so much floating out there, new theologies and shifting to acceptance and uh, from theology to what is it, critical theory and just uh, the whole just diminishing the, the role of Christianity into just something that's amongst other religions. So don't get caught up in all that. Just become strong in the Word, spend time with the Lord. If you want something decent to read, which uh, hopefully everybody's read the first book that Stefan uh, put on the, was it on the Com Leaders? Hopefully. Have you read Or Was that the first book? Anybody read it? Anybody? Okay, one person. Okay, everybody's like, what? Or by David Tripp. Right. So we put a recommended book out there. It's recommended. It's good stuff. We can't move to number two book until we have at least a 10% uh, readership viewer there. So, so when we put stuff out there, hey, this is stuff that Stefan reads three books a week. Uh, that's a lot in a year. How many? Is it right? <laughs> one. <laughs> one. Okay, let's make it one. So you can do the math. That's a lot of books in a year, even if you, if, you know, if you took a bit longer. He's well He's well read, so... He's actually doing us all a favor by actually reading ahead and seeing what is good out there. And uh, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. So when we actually, you can come to us and ask us, what are you reading? Come and say, is this thing good? And we'll actually do our best to answer those questions. So in conclusion, we have a destiny and an inheritance to claim. And that we have an individual inheritance. We have an individual destiny, but we also have a corporate inheritance and a destiny. And we need to embrace this. And we need to, first of all, right at the beginning, we need to say we get plugged into the source, we get connected into the vine, and we need a relationship with Jesus. We need to come with fuel in our tanks. We need to actually come from a place of overflowing, that our heart is overflowing, and that the decisions we make comes from a place of overflow as well. Remember, it's a marathon and not a sprint. We're going to go the distance together. We're going to walk in accountability together, go through the distance, and make sure we've got fuel in the tank, and a, and a buddy that can actually rah-rah you on so that we can actually get to the end of this marathon. And, for, and, in, and we need faith. We need to rise up and we need to look through eyes of faith. We need to say, have you got faith for this? Have you got faith for your business? Have you got faith for your marriage? Have you got faith for your finances? So that we can, and have we got faith for the unsaved to come in and, and the lost and the broken to come, and come into this family and belong to this family as well?